This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. everybody and welcome to the unofficial other squirrels podcast i'm your host as always pylon and we've got a, another fun show this week after we took a week off because uh as the show title says today bosmer gave me food poisoning which i'm sticking with that's the reason that both akb and i had food poisoning we're gonna blame it on the bosmer uh, you'll notice we have another new face with us we've decided for our lore episodes we're bringing in the experts on things so we're perusing the wiki to find who knows the most about certain topics and then when they're not available, we'll ask everybody else what's happening. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. These guys are awesome. Uh, so you may recognize Loss. Loss, how's it going tonight? Things are going well. Thanks for having me on, Pylon. Thanks, thanks for asking you that just as you took a sip of water. I had like a I slight didn't, delay. I didn't even choke this time. Well, that's good. I'm getting better at that. <laughs> and in new faces, Jack, welcome to the podcast. How have you been? Uh, I've been pretty good. I have been just chilling over the past month so if i was to ask what do you generally like to do with the wiki is that a question you could answer off the top of your head uh yeah i'd norm oh uh oh you're good oh, never okay my internet like never mind uh yeah so <laughs> i uh i typically do like stuff for either argonian pages uh online pages for quests and uh bosmer pages too hence why i'm here <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome yeah so we wanted to make sure we got people that know a little bit more than i do because i don't know a lot guys uh about what's going on with the bosmer uh but you know what why don't we talk first about what's going on in the news before we get over to all the juicy lore tonight so let's pop over to that now So we were off for a week, as I mentioned before, about the food poisoning and the Bosmer trying to kill me. Uh, so I feel like there hasn't been a ton of news, but it could also be the fact that I had food poisoning and just wasn't watching the news at all. So I apologize in advance if I just completely missed some major breaking news and it's because I was just out of commission for a while. Um, but... We do have one thing that I do know that's happened is with the UESP, uh, if you're a follower of our Twitch channel, uh, you will notice, I don't know if you guys can see it or not, but we are almost at 2,000 followers. Uh, and I want to invite everybody to stay tuned for when we do breach 2,000 followers, as we're going to have some extra special uh, streams going on with Avron and myself, and there might be some very interesting things you could acquire 
during those streams. So consider stay- me tantalized, Pylon. Tantalized. Yeah. So stay tuned for more information on that. Um, but Lost, do you want to let us know? Actually, Jack, you play more ESO probably than Lost does. Do you want to let us know what's going on in ESO world? <laughs> okay. As the ES- ESO expert too, I guess. <laughs> so, uh, I just copied so it. ESO re- Sorry. <laughs> It's fine. Go ahead and keep talking. Uh, ESO recently announced that uh, Elder Scrolls Online is going to be compatible with the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. So if you guys are getting that console and you already own ESO on an Xbox One or PS4, uh, you'll have it on the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 automatically for free. Which is awesome because I've heard some other games, I think Control, is saying they're not. They're going to charge for the upgrade. So it's really awesome that... uh, Zenimax Online Studios are actually just going to do the upgrade for free if you already own it. Uh, And it sounds like they're going to be making some big graphical improvements on that, which is really cool. And it's the same mega servers as the Xbox and PS4 mega servers. So I guess they'll change it to PlayStation mega servers, unless they already are PlayStation mega servers. I don't know if it's PS4 or PlayStation or Xbox. I don't know how they name that. Not a console player, so I don't know. Yeah, I also don't know. I want to get a console. Like, a big part of me wants to have a console for those times that I'm just like, I want to play ESO at the TV, not think about it. And like, I try to like stream it uh, using moonlight and stuff to the TV and make it work with the controller, but it's never the same because just some of the systems don't aren't as compatible and stuff like that. Like trying to chat from your t- a controller is like, just, it's just yeah. don't even try. Uh, whereas like they have the voice activation chat in the console versions and things like that. So I'm tempted to get a next generation console because they are looking pretty, pretty sweet. But we'll see what happens there. That would be starting from scratch on the account though, right? I don't, I don't care. I'm not okay. far. I'm not that. I'm, I don't have that much stuff that I'm really stuck with. I'll just recreate a character and be super low level. You could always so. like uh, do a Stadia thing if you really want to play it on your PC, but not in and don't want to like lose your account progress it's true yeah stadia is actually another good option for that and i actually was playing on stadia for a little while so i don't know it's just it seems like there's like a different world in the consoles too like yeah it's just a little bit different though i don't know um the other eso news we have is that currently there is a free trial that started at the end of quakecon and it goes until august 19th i don't have the time in front of me here but if you haven't had a chance to try out uh ESO, make sure you check it out during the free trial. Like you've got nothing to lose other than hard drive space. And if you don't like it, just delete it afterwards. Yeah, it's recoverable hard drive space. Yeah, yeah. it's not lost. It's just misplaced for a little bit. Also, speaking of console stuff, you can also play it for free on consoles right now, and you won't have to get a PlayStation Plus or Xbox. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. That was also part of it. So consoles get it too. And no one's left in the dust this week. Um... I'm try- I like honestly I know I it was only a me- week that we missed but I feel like there's been so much stuff that I'm just completely missing. I know the giveaways for QuakeCon they had some issues and they were taking a little bit while for them to be delivered but they should all be delivered now but I can't remember if we had a show since then. Uh Have we had a show I since don't QuakeCon? I think so. It was last Friday and in, into the weekend, right? Yeah, so no, we haven't had a show since QuakeCon. So man, you get sick and just everything disappears. I got emails for that pony and for a crown crate every day. Did you? I only got one pony, so I don't understand. Well, at least they gave you a pony. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so I know they had that giveaway. I I watched a good chunk of QuakeCon, and there wasn't too much news that I remember being, um, like, announced during that. There was no breaking, like, ooh, look at this. We, we saw some trailers for Stonethorn. I, I believe we got a thing for Darkstorm, but I don't... But none of us can remember if we've just Mandela affected that or if that actually happened. Was that name actually confirmed at some point? I don't yeah, remember. That name was def- that name was definitely confirmed. That was like But that was confirmed a long time ago, I think. Yeah. That was announced okay. alongside uh, yeah. Stonethorn. I don't know. Dude, those names all blend together for me yeah, at this point. I know point. Storm Stonethorn, yeah, like, Dark especially Storm. Especially when they had Harrowstorm in the first quarter of the year. Harrowstorm, Darkstorm, Stonethorn, Graymore. Yeah. Ugh. There's so much there. Anyways, if there's anything we have forgotten about ESO news, please let us know and we'll include it next week because we're really sorry. And hopefully sorry. it won't be too late for it to be acted upon. Exactly. Um, but Lost, do you want to let us know what's going on in Legends World? Sure. So we've got two events that are both past now to catch up on. So last weekend there was an Allegiance Gauntlet, which means you could make a deck with only a single color. And they were giving away a premium alternate art Doomfang ally for each run that you would go through. This last weekend, they had a new type of gauntlet, I believe. They, at least the way they portrayed it was that it was new. A gauntlet of champions. In that one, the right lane was a lucky lane, which means each time you summoned a creature there, it would gain a random keyword. And the left lane was the champion's arena. And that meant that the first creature to attack each turn was able to attack a second time. Which really sounds like it would have worked well with my pilfer deck, but I didn't give it a shot. Just too bad. But there were no special rewards for that one. And that's all there is in Legends right now. Not too much again in Legends, but um, I forgot actually in some ESO news, we got confirmation from the Loremaster himself which uh, restaurants each uh, playable race in the Elder Scrolls would eat at, uh, which was a lot of fun. Wait, where's this from? I need to know that. It was on Twitter. It was glorious. I need to find it again. Uh, because what happened was, is I tweeted that the show wouldn't be going on um, this week because of uh, because I was feeling under the weather uh, with food poisoning. And I believe it was Braun Solo and then Doc Hudat uh, was saying, like Dr. Hudat 219, I think it's in chat, was saying, oh, it's because it's a Bosmer episode. And then... Uh, Levin Tuttle piped in to say that the Bosmer are like his friend who eats steak at Denny's. Nothing can get him sick. And then he decided that that inspired him enough that he would um, create a list of all of the different fantasy or all of the different races and where they would like to eat. So let me see if... Oh, here it is here. I didn't know steak at Denny's was suspect, but all right. He says, tip of the hat to Pylon for the inspiration. But he said, the race's favorite casual dining restaurants are as follow. Bosmers prefer the Outback Steakhouse. <laughs> Bretons, Applebee's. Redguards, like Zoe's Kitchen. Orcs are big fans of the Texas Roadhouse. Nords are uh, patrons of TGI Fridays. Argonians eat at Denny's, but only off-menu. Uh, <laughs> Dunmer are a big fan of Red Lobster. Which seems like lobster would be a good delicacy in Morrowind. The Altmer uh, steal my heart with the Olive Garden. Uh, Khajiit eat at the Cheesecake Factory. Sugar, moon sugar, I get it. Uh, and then Imperials like Ruby Tuesdays. It was Braxwolf. Thank you. It wasn't Bronze Solo, it was Braxwolf. 
Uh, Doctor Who. Thank you for correcting me on that. But yeah, that, that was a that needs to be. Well, saved. You're also forgetting the you're forgetting the best one. Sotha Sill loves uh, Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> oh, it was good times. I was. Re- I had right. a, I had a really good laugh about that one. Um, I see in the Blades news it literally just says "uh oh" right now. Lost? Is there supposed to be? I news? didn't write that. Jack, is there supposed to be news in there? No, there's just no news there. <laughs> there's just no news in Blades. That's fair. Uh oh, no news for Blades. Blades. Um, we talked about this before, but Blades tends to have pretty substantive updates every like month and a half, and it's just dead silent in between. In between, yeah. It seems to be a quarterly almost right now. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah. The slowdown would make sense. Understandably. But there is a good chunk of Call to Arms news that Lost is going to go over. Yeah, I guess I could just monologue, but please interrupt whenever. So Never. first, I don't even know what it stands for. But Modifius is partnering with My Mini Factory to release Terrain STLs, which I'm pretty sure are the files used in 3D printers to construct the terrain yourself. Again, don't know what the acronym actually stands for. So they're releasing different designs that you can print out and add to your collection for doing called arms. And really, they'd go with a lot of things, I figure. And Modifius also came out with blog number six. And I'm copy-pasting that into the chat right now. And they went over a lot for this. So since they're getting back to work and getting in the swing of things after their whole COVID hiatus, they've sort of set out their release schedule and released a few more details about what's coming up. So we previously talked about Adventurer Allies. That's supposed to be coming out the end of this month. And Adventurer Followers is supposed to come out next month. Though I believe for both of those the actual physical release might be slightly delayed, and so they're releasing the PDFs to go along with them sooner. Oh, wait, no, no, that's not right. The sets are fully coming out. They're releasing the PDFs because the card pack got slightly delayed. So they want you to to play with them as soon as the things are available. Then they went into a bunch of the future sets. So October, supposed to see Imperial Officers. They're going to release General Tullius and Legate Ricca, and the Imperial Headsman and a Priestess of Archae, along with the generic commander. So a lot of people to flesh out the leaders of your Imperials. And then Stormcloak Chieftains comes out at the same time. Ulfric Stormcloak, Galmar Stonefist, a Stormcloak Quartermaster, and some generic commanders also added onto their set. Then November sees a huge release for Draugr. So there's a Dragon Priest coming out as a master. So a very powerful unit that's probably going to cause lots of problems for any of your delve scenarios. Then the Draugr Ancient set, it's going to have a Draugr Deathlord. I always thought it was Draugr. Because it looks kind of like Augur, but with a Drr on top. Yeah, they've got a weird Nord sound to it, I know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't never trust my pronunciations on anything. Draugr. Pronounced in seven different uh, seven different ways in Skyrim. So Is it? No matter what, you're fine. Amazing. That's what I like when like the games are inconsistent. So then my inconsistencies aren't uh, shown. The draggery. It's fine. The draggery. Uh, Draugr Frostblade and Hulking Draugr. They're also coming out with a like a support set for that one. Draugr Guardians, which just has warriors and restless ones with axes. They're also coming out that month with draft rules for the Draugr faction. So they're making it... Right now, Draugr just serve as adversaries. They solely work as AIs, either when you're in a fight with someone else or if you're playing solo. They're making it so you can play as them against other people, 
but because of the way they're balanced, they need specialized rules, which don't know what they're going to be, but sounds cool. And that same month is going to see Into the Depths, which is going to be their random dungeon creator. So something to spice up the scenarios they already have to obviously add more depth and let you keep playing and grinding just like in Blades. Uh, December sees Imperial Legion reinforcements, which I believe Arthas on Discord is especially excited for. That's when the heavy Imperial infantry comes out with heavy armor, heavy shields. Well, that'll really, be really cool. that'll look pretty. Yeah, it looks really good. They've shown a few of the painting, painted versions of that. Um, they'll get archers. Storeclump skirmishers come out at the same time. And then two really interesting bits come out that month. So December is where all the goodies come. Histories of the Empire, the Stormcloak Rebellion. So it's a full campaign meant to encompass the entire Civil War. So Imperials versus Stormcloaks, a campaign skit spanning all of Skyrim. And the other bit is Tales of Tamriel, the Thanehold Saga. This is supposed to be sort of a solo or co-op adventure. It's a narrative campaign is the way they portray it. It's got character progression. So more than just flipping a card over to level up, you're actually doing real character progression. And you're going to be doing settlement building. So helping to protect a Thanehold, whoever, whatever area you have is the Thane, protecting it, raising it up. And then the last bit of December is they're coming out with dragons. Dragons! On, in our, on in the, your homeland? <laughs> what are you going to do? A, a massive dragon miniature. I almost called it a dragon because I was going to pronounce it like a draugr. <laughs> um, on the Discord for Call to Arms, one of the developers said that there's some... Well, I'll give the exact quote. Mark has also written some great rules for dragons, and other epic creatures come to that. The dragon will also be usable as a follower with a rather clever twist. So, they just like to tantalize us over on that Discord server. But basically, there's some way to have a dragon on your team while playing Call to Arms. Whenever what? they come out with them, that's going to be a thing. Is it going to be Parthy? I, I don't know. It's got to be. I don't know. I mean, I figure the dragon will just serve as a generic dragon, but at some point, maybe you can enslave one like Marek. Oh, maybe or maybe it's, it's a, just like goes a, with you. yeah, the call call dragon shout or something like that. And basically, you could be doing a dungeon delve and make a dragon be on your team. The rules inside are going of to a dungeon. It. Yeah, how would it get in there? <laughs> I came in through the skylight. Yeah, there's always oh, yeah, a skylight. Okay. It's perfect. I like that. Um, then they mentioned that January is going to get skeletons. I mean, whatever. At this point, I don't care. There's dragons in a full narrative campaign. And then February is when they should be moving on to Chapter 2 called Steam and Shadow. And that at sounds some point, like Clockwork City. At some point, it's never been formally announced, but the, the founder of Modiphius mentioned it in a podcast. It's going to be Dwemer and Dark Brotherhood. Dwemer? So That'll February be cool. of next year sees Dwemer models and Dark oh, Brotherhood Dwemer models start models. coming to Call to Arms. Yep. Okay, that might be what breaks the breaks the seal on me spending a lot of money on minis. If there are Dwemer models where I can get a, like a Centurion and like a Sphere, <gasps> if I can get a Dwemer Sphere, and guys. think about it. So the oh. first chapter, I know it's sort of setting a baseline, but it's like five months of stuff coming out for this one. There's chapter. There's a lot of content. So imagine five months of Dwemer. Oh, <laughs> so good. Yep. So my I only, think that covers it. But my man, only it's a pet lot of stuff. peeve with everything that you said there is it took it's getting confusing. And I love Ark and I love Lotus and I love Pixie. There are too many things called Tales of Tamriel now. We have 
the book series from ESO. We have the podcast Tales of Tamriel, and now we have a Tales of Tamriel mission in Call to Arms. It's going to get confusing, guys. And it looks like Tales of Tamriel is the brand. So yeah, every time they come out with a narrative expansion, it's be I a would Tales guess of that's Tamriel. the yeah. I know this is going to get confusing. So hopefully it just works as some good advertising for the podcast, and people will be like, "Wow, look, the podcast is official on Tales of Tamriel. That's awesome." Um. But that's a lot of fun. I'm really happy with how much uh, content they're actually putting behind this. I was I was personally expected it to be like kind of like a one and done. Like they were going to release everything and then they'd be like, here's our cool Skyrim tabletop game. Bye. Yep. There's a few people on the Discord that I talked to where they just joined because they wanted to play a fantasy skirmish game. And just now they're starting to get into Elder Scrolls because of being exposed to this so i'm there for the exact opposite reasons and it's fun <laughs> to talk with them and share our information on that kind of thing That's i'm looking forward to a lot of this stuff right now i haven't played a whole lot beyond my first couple games because i'm being lazy i realize i haven't made cartoon scenery to go with my cartoon miniatures and i really wasn't satisfied using socks as walls and so i need to develop the scenery before i want to play another game sorry Step back for a second. You want to use socks as walls? I don't want to. Oh, you don't want to. My first games, I grabbed board games off the shelf. I grabbed some socks from the laundry pile, and I used that to make terrain for my Storming the Keep mission. I would like to make cartoon walls instead out of cardboard and stuff. Did you? Were they clean socks at least? Yes, they were clean socks. Were they white socks? I'm imagining Lost wears like either very fancy like acrylic socks or you just have like bags and bags of white tube socks or multicolored rainbow socks neither of those things no i don't think so acrylic is like fancy black dress socks right well just like fancy not fancy black but they're like thinner and no my socks are a little bit thicker and i have lots of uh, fancy patterns on them like i've got bright green socks with the hylian symbol on them I've got socks with like modern art colors on them. I've got purple socks that have got sushi patterns all over it. I so like that's stylish so, socks. So that so Pylon was right. That then. was my first suggestion. Like fancy, those are like kind of like the fun patterns. Oh, when stuff. you said fancy, I thought you meant like formal. No, I meant fan- I don't. I think I'm. Oh no, I'm not wearing them right now. But I have like a, I have a Zelda pair of so- socks with just shrimps all over them too. Okay, so yeah, uh, yes, those sorts of yeah, socks. Fun then. socks. Gotcha. Yes, I have fun, fancy the, socks. Are you saying you wouldn't wear the Zelda ones to a party? No, I mean, I would. But if you say formal, I assume you mean like tuxedo wear. Not that formal. I don't think that goes there, even though I would be the one to wear it if my wife didn't say no. <laughs> That's the key there. Awesome. Well, that covers it for the news today. It's not a not a heavy news week this week, but we do have some thank yous we want to give out. So I'll see you on the other side. So we've got some people we want to thank for helping us out in different ways with the podcast. First up, I want to thank our patrons. Uh, you can find us over at patreon.com slash UESP. This past two weeks, we have, let me clear my throat, <clears throat> Monica, I think one of my favorite names of all time, the Scratchin' Appalachian. Is that how I pronounce Appalachian? Is it Appalachian? 
that's how you pronounce the map. I think mountain. it's scratch. I mean, I, I think, think to make it rhyme. Yeah. The scratch in Appalachian. Appalachian. Yes. Uh, Michael Smith, Matthew Hanaloy, Gerwolf67, Susan, and Lance Young. So thank you. You guys have subscribed to the patron, and we really appreciate that. Uh, there's a bunch of things going on right now, which is really fun. We have the designs for some of the giveaways we're going to be doing later in the year. You can vote on those, and you can uh, help understand what's going on there. Uh, another great way that you can help us out is with uh, Twitch subscribes. And holy moly, uh, Carver just gave away five different uh, subs. I think I can't even count. They're going crazy. Shared 25 emotes. So many things. So Carver, and thank five you. Subs. <laughs> Carver gets a shout out right now. Good timing, buddy, uh, for gifting subs to the community. That's really awesome of you. appreciate that. Um, I also want to thank Gerwolf67 for subscribing before this, but we'll make sure to put Carver in the notes so he lives on forever as a in the wiki as the Twitch sub gifter. Because you did fantastic. Yes, S. Carver, S. Carver Orn, the benevolent one, has lost his name to you. That's really awesome. That was so nice of you, Carver. I appreciate that. Um, and for anybody who wants to help us out, but can't do it financially for whatever reason. Two other great ways you can help with the podcast is pop over to iTunes and leave a review five stars only. Cause otherwise you're dead to me and, or yeah, I'm serious. Okay. Ah, uh, what? I can't remember the name of the style of uh, survey. It is. I have to look it up and I'll remember it for next show. But basically the way it works is that it considers a five-star review, a one, and anything below a five-star review is essentially a failure. So In life, you're either a one or a zero. Exactly. Alive or dead. Yeah, so if a, th- a three-star review is worse than a zero-star, than not leaving a review at all, which is really interesting. It's not the best system. No, well, it is because it's... It, it, oh, no, it's not the best system, but the way it works is to try to indicate, like, somebody who would leave a three-star review isn't just the average person. It's someone who's actually unhappy with something. There's a name for the type of survey for it, and I can't remember the name of it, but I'll look it up and we'll talk about it later. Um, But honestly, the best thing that you can do to help out us is to sign up for a wiki account and start editing pages. I've actually heard of a few people that have heard uh, the podcast and started editing after it. So thank you guys for doing that. Always send me a message on Discord or Twitter or an email at pylon at uesp.net if you have done that. And I'll make sure to shout you guys out on the show and give you your five seconds of moderately to low amounts of fame. <laughs> Excuse me. It's great. But honestly, we appreciate anything you guys do can help us out. So why don't we now pop over and talk about what we've been up to this week? So the Scholarly Pursuits section, if you've never been here before, is where we like to talk about the different things, Elder Scrolls or fantasy or sometimes just whatever that we've been up to for the past little bit and share them with you guys to see what you've been up to. So why don't we start with Lost and see what you've been up to so that we can give Jack some time to prepare and make sure that he knows what he's been up to. Sure. So when the event system was announced for Blades, I got pretty excited. That sounded like a really cool thing to get added in. And then it came out and events just aren't my fourth. Like I'm bad. 
I'm real bad at them. A lot of them I can't beat one level. And it just continues to pile on that I am just bad at blades. So I've not really hardly earned any sigils, which makes me a little bit sad. And I guess I've just resigned myself to getting my free daily reward from the shop. Did you try to match the elements? Yeah. Like, I oh. understand that that part exists. It's just, I think the first one was ice. So I had an ice light hammer. It's my strongest weapon anyway, mm -hmm. and it's ice damage. So that seemed perfect. I put on any ice resistant armor. No, not that's different. This was just doing ice damage. I brought along ice skills and had my strong ice hammer and I did nothing. I just got slaughtered. Are you sure the first event wasn't they were resistant to ice? Yeah, I you might have just brought the exact opposite of what you I know that I read it and I didn't do something completely silly. Whatever it was, Are I know I didn't sure? do something. Yes. I'm super sure. <laughs> I'm super sure. It's just me being bad. But I'll double check again. I just know I've had very bad luck. I have think you... I finished one on the easiest difficulty by using a ton of healing potions. Have you tried on the Switch? I've not yet because it's still heavily locked down to my wife's Animal Crossing. Is it still? I've actually drifted off Animal Crossing quite a bit, so I was curious if the Switch became a little bit more free. But I need to try it out on Switch at some point, yes. Uh, other thing is for Legends, I played one round in the Allegiance Gauntlet a weekend ago. I just slapped together a Strength deck and I fought a Willpower deck that had a support build. And I was actually able to pull it out, which felt good. And that was my fill of pvp-ness i didn't need to compete with other humans anymore and i think the most of the rest of the weekend i watched movies so i've been watching a ton of stuff lately just tv and i also watched knives out and i watched the clue movie and both were fantastic really yeah i wasn't expecting the clue movie to be fantastic yeah it i highly recommend it okay. 1985 very amusing some of the comedy feels more like it's from that time like sometimes there's a bit too much dead time but overall, highly rated. Was there a remake of that recently? I don't I think, think so. You might be thinking of Knives Out, which had a pretty similar format to Clue. No, maybe. I don't know. I remember. He I thought I heard that there was a Clue remake and it was terrible. But I could be thinking of one of the other board. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of Battleship. Was there oh, an God. original Battleship? <laughs> no, but there was the game. Yeah, there was a Battleship movie. It was there like, was, a battleship there was like Aliens or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. The Clue movie is awesome. Yeah, the Tim Curry one, Carver was asking. Okay, yeah, Super Tim, funny. Anything with Tim Curry is great, so. I'm not and Knives Out had Daniel Craig with a terrible accent, but everything else about that movie was really fun. <laughs> awesome. Well, is there anything else you've been up to that you want to share before we move no, on? To no, no major Elder Scrolls stuff. That's fun. Uh, well, Jack, what have you been up to? So, I've... Uh... In terms of Elder Scrolls, I've been uh, replaying ESO's base game over the past week and a half, and I learned that the uh, Valenwood areas are a lot better than I remember them, and I that like... East March is a lot worse than I remember <laughs> it. <laughs> I like all the Valenwood areas. Yeah, they're they're really fun. I really like all the storylines there, especially like uh, in Dane. I love in Dane as a character, uh, especially like his path, like from like just like being this eccentric guy into becoming Sylvanar. I like love. Uh, well, this isn't really Valenwood. I loved uh, Shaza and Kali's uh, storyline in Re Reaper's Mark. Yeah, but the, you're talking about just the, the AD line right now. So yeah, the AD line, you know, in general, yeah. And then in East March, um, so I I replayed it, thinking it couldn't be like as nonsensical as I remembered. It was 
pretty nonsensical. Uh, or some of the weak points. In- I don't remember what was especially wrong with it. Okay, so Filgore, his entire plan was to steal his sister's soul from Sovngarde in front of a thousand witnesses and somehow say, okay, I stole the soul. Now my skull is slightly smaller and the crown fits, so I should be king. Please elect me. That was his plan. It's not the best if you put it that way. Yeah, and also he did kind of raise uh, East March to the ground a little bit with his army of orcs. So I don't know how many of the other Jarls would have elected him during the moot. I don't know. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't think Nords are particularly tied to if you can wear the crown, you're king no matter yeah, what. No, that doesn't really <laughs> seem like a Nord thing, does it? Yeah, and they even kind of mentioned that a little bit. Like he still has to, he would still have to be elected from the moot in order to become Jarl. And like, there's who would have voted for the guy that just like just broke into a sovereign guard and stole the soul of their former queen? Yeah, it doesn't work out great yeah. that way. I thought I never it made more sense when it. I played it. Yeah. I feel like I must have zoned. I always have this, like, whenever I'm playing any game, I start out really strong with reading all of the text, all of the quest notes, everything going on, all the journal entries, everything like that. And as I get further and further and closer to the end, I keep being like, I'll just go on the wiki later and just read this afterwards. Click. I'll just go on the wiki later and read this. Click, 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 click. And just kind of, like, zoom through it after a little while. Um, so I, some of the zones, I've just completely <laughs> missed the real storyline. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, so that's, that's what's wrong with East March's, like, overall plot. Other than that, though, like, I've been having a lot of fun with the zones. I feel like they get a bad rap just because, like, they're, since the DLCs come out and they, like, they've improved a lot since then. But they, I don't think they're bad by any means. No, they, I think... Go ahead. That's how I felt for most of it, that they're my first time going through, and there are things that I don't think are as good, but I don't think any of them are terrible. Then again, I just think it's because my standards are lower, so it's (laughs) nice having someone else come through and say, no, they're actually okay. Yeah, and in terms of non-Elder Scrolls stuff, I've just been uh, not too busy. I finished up uh, my last summer class, and then I just uh binged a bunch of tv shows for the past week i okay this is a trend because i've also just been binging tv shows so i've done nothing (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, that's me for me i had a fun kind of i haven't really done cyrodiil stuff except for during like the mid-year madness and stuff like that or mid-year mayhem uh stuff so i actually a friend of mine is really into pvp and she took me in to do cyrodiil and helped me kind of build a new um armor set and like i got so i've got new skills i've got new abilities i've got everything that's new on my stam sword which is also a werewolf but i don't know if i'll keep it a werewolf or not um for pvp so i went and did a bunch of cyrodiil i've been doing some of that recently which has been a lot of fun to just have a little break from what i normally like to do um other than that i've been playing some of the blades events which was a lot of fun um i i didn't make it to the hardest modes on any of them but that was more to the time than lack of ability i would say so i need to lost we need to have our like sit down if if i could legally enter your country i would say let's do a meetup <laughs> and we could play blades together and you could we could see what we're doing differently of what was going on there 
Now I was thinking my hometown is probably like exactly halfway between where we live. It's, so we could we could go to my parents' house oh, probably. I would love to meet your parents because I think if I remember correctly, they're big Pokemon Go players. Yep. So that would be fun. Um but since we can't do that, we'll just have to pretend for now. Uh but yeah, other than that, like I'm trying to think I've done I I goofed on uh antiquities because I thought it was you had to get all of the base game treasures in order to get the coin the i think it's the elysian coin but it's all treasures you have to get from base game and dlc so realizing that i did that wrong took the wind out of my sails almost completely on antiquities and i haven't really done them for the past couple of weeks and i was just like oh frick the great deflate that hurts i know so that's kind of that kind of gave me a little bit of a pause to keep going so after that i was like screw that i'm gonna go punch people in the face in cyrodiil uh, but other than that there's really not too much going on for me as i said i was sick so i didn't really get a ton of time to play games because i didn't really feel like sitting at a computer but well, unless anybody else has anything else, why don't we get down to business and talk about our favorite wood elves? Before I forget and we move into the Bosmer, Doc... Dr. Houdat just reminded me that I did do vet pledges with Avron Kiz and Dr. Houdat, um, which took quite some time to do because we kept Avron up way past her bedtime to do them with us. So we did veteran Falkreath hold that was a bit of a struggle <laughs> at the end. Uh, so that was a lot of fun too. So then I did do a bunch of other things that I completely forgot about because it's been too long. Uh, but now... Let's talk about the Bosmer. Um, so we've started our new lore series that we're going to go through on the podcast. And we started last time with the Altmer. So we figured the best way to go next from that is we're going to talk about the Bosmer. So we're going A, B. The question is, do we go C next or D? Or do we skip to something completely different and follow the AD zone? So we'll see what we do next week. You'll have to stay tuned to find out what's going on. Um, but... Jack, why don't you start off by giving us a brief description of who the Bosmer are? Yeah, so uh, Bosmer are uh, the elves of the province of Valenwood, which is the massive forest in the southwestern uh, corner of Tamriel. It spans a very large tract of land, and uh, it's pretty weird. <laughs> it is a very uh, weird place. Uh, so in the Empire, they're typically referred to as Wood Elves, or occasionally uh, Tree Sap people, it, they supposedly call themselves, but I, they rarely actually ever do. Uh, I feel so like I've never like, actually heard them called Tree yeah, Sap people. I, there must I be like one them. book or something yeah. like that 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 happens. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so uh, unlike the uh, Altmer, they're very... Uh, loose in terms of the tradition in some ways uh and they tend to just like uh live in the what they call the arbic now which is just uh living in the moment basically is their uh philosophy which is uh, kind of like similar to like a buddhist philosophy and like pretty if much, we're trying yeah. to create it into a real world i guess they'd yeah. be actually more well, closer to like a jainist philosophy than a full buddhist but 
See, I think in this case, it's more of a, hey, it's life, go with it, enjoy it kind of thing. True. Which yeah. seems slightly distinct more hedonistic from, a, from because pr- probably a bit more, yeah. 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 Like the entire Bosmer mindset is based around the idea that they live in the story of Yifri. I think I hope I'm pronouncing that right. I oh, we're we're, we're way, way beyond trying to understand any of the uh pronunciations on things anymore. We're just going yeah, we're right. making our own canon now. So yeah, uh the Bosmer believe that they live in the story of Yifri, which is which is the now. And so their entire philosophy is to uh, follow the narrative and adjust it when necessary. That makes sense. So they, and interestingly, they don't really have much like written history as a result of that. All of their stories are oral and passed down through generation. So uh, I don't know also, if they've talked about it. Did they make it so their oral history is? unreliable or do they really touch on it at all or is it pretty reliable it's okay so spinners are actually able to see into the past so if a spinner's telling it they probably get it right yeah they probably get it right and so for people that don't know a spinner is kind of like a storyteller of who are like the keepers of the oral traditions in wood elf culture if i'm saying this properly correct me on anything i say that's wrong would you but they can also manipulate it i believe yeah, so even if they're yeah. not telling the truth, it will become a version of the truth as a spinner tells it. Yes. Because the ability of a spinner is to alter Yifri's story, basically. Yes. Which Magic gets storytelling. Super yeah. confusing in ESO. It's like any of the quests that involve the spinners, you're like, oh, we're coming back to find this thing. Oh, this isn't how it happened, but now it is? Yeah, there's one quest where a spinner like goes completely rogue and tries to change the entire history of the Bosmer people. And it gets very meta very fast, yeah. where you're talking to the Sylvanar of the past and future and stopping, like, it's very yeah. confusing. It got very, it's like Inception on, like, drugs. We have to story deeper. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah, so that's cool. So um, in terms of kind of, uh, I guess, the physical traits of what else there, shorter, I think they're one of the shortest races, if not the shortest yeah, race. Yeah, they're definitely the shortest. They're the shortest of, race. Of playable races, at least. Is, of the, at least yeah. Correct, yes. Um, they're generally seen as good bowsmen, and they're well-suited to scouting and thievery and things like that. Uh, they usually pers- they're also good with magics, uh, that they are able to create horns and antlers for themselves out of magic, I believe, is what we've found in ESO. Is that... So, uh, sort of, yeah. The spinners can, like, give people... like. They can shape horns onto people, basically. Yeah, yeah it's again, it's kind of yeah, crazy. It's again, stuff. it's spinner stuff, so it's confusing. Yeah. Um, they live about two to three times as long as a human would. So, with two hundred uh, year old Bosmers being old and three hundred being very, very old, um, and they, yeah, I guess we'll save a little bit more. Like I was just gonna say, and they like to eat people, which is yeah, yeah they, they do. They, they, <laughs> We should include that in the brief description, like yes. Yeah, exactly. We've got a... Jack has a skull just to symbolize how much they want to eat people. So... And we're just going to leave that as a teaser for later, though. Yeah, so what I want to ask yeah. first is... So we talked about with the Altmer, what they believe the... Kind of their creation myth is, is where do... And I'll start with Lost, unless he doesn't feel comfortable answering this, but where did the Bosmer come from? So... It's interesting because you can see both the Khajiit creation myth and the Bosmer creation myth have some crossover. The Khajiit one actually mentions the Bosmer. I think the Bosmer tend to leave the Khajiit out of their myth. 
essentially there was shapelessness before and then ifri who is the ultimate storyteller is the one who told the tale and gave things their names which also gave them their shape they have a term though for the shapelessness called the ooze or i guess that's what it came to be known as this shapeless inconstant stuff ifri shaped it forming first the green which ultimately becomes the essence of the forest becomes valenwood itself then they formed the Bosmer, and then other living creatures, and then there was some ooze left over, and that ooze that's left over is sort of left as a purgatory or a prison for those that violate what it comes to be known as the Green Pact. So essentially, the entire story of the Bosmer is the story of them coming into existence and being tied to Valenwood, being tied to the forest. That is their cultural identity, union with the essence of nature. Sounds right? Did I cover it? Yeah, that, uh, yeah, that's pretty much right. Yes. Pretty much right. Sounds like Jack's... Well, I mean, <laughs> that's as close as you'll get with Elder Scrolls stuff, to be honest. Pretty much right. Is and like... That's fair. That's probably the best way to explain it. Whenever we're talking about Elder Scrolls lore, there's really no hard, fast... This is 100% accurate because it could change at any moment. You could learn something new that you didn't know before, or it could just be a spinner goes in and makes it not true anymore, and then we don't know anything. Cool, Dragon Break, done. So I will come back to it in a second, but the Green Pact is sort of the whole of the religion of the Bosmer, I think. I think that would... There might be sects that have extra details, but nearly any time you hear about spirituality and wood elves, it's about the Green Pact. And so the Ooze being a prison for Pact Breakers is something that goes into a bit more in ESO. I think you actually deal with people who are imprisoned there, and there's a whole release thing, which, Jack, you probably recently did. What's the uh, deal there? Yeah, so people who are who break the Green Pact like in any way, who harm the forest of Valenwood, who uh, like eat some vegetables from Valenwood, <laughs> or even just do something as minor as like shapeshift, uh, they are that. So they are not allowed to move on in death, and instead become part of the ooze, which is the formlessness, formlessness, and just kind of like get stuck in their own bones forever so if they get yeah it's kind of like a pretty bad afterlife so they often just like are left where they are if they're not if people aren't aware that they were uh oath breakers so interestingly spinners have the power to free them but they only do it occasionally so a spinner can collect the bones of someone who is an oath breaker and if they choose to help the, help them in some way heal the green, the spinner can release them. Or the spinner's just feeling nice, but like... They usually don't. Yeah. <laughs> Which I realize means we're starting to cross lines with just general how green... How, excuse me, wood elves live and what their creation was because they're the same story. It's all part yeah. of the same thing for them. Yeah. So how they live is part of what their creation myth is. Yeah, which is such a really interesting way to kind of formulate that. There is another um, creation story, is there not? I remember, I th uh, we have it in the notes here, but I couldn't remember where it came from. Yeah, so there is another sort of creation story that comes from either the Aeliads or the Dureni, depending on who Beldamo the signifier is. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is... So, it, according to them, uh, the Wood Elves originally were the Boichi elves who came to the Valenwood 
in order to grow it like a tower basically like so i don't want to like get too into tower lore right now <laughs> yeah we're gonna have but, a full show yeah. on tower lore later i think that'll probably be coming after the sometime probably in october i think yeah so according to uh a numeral who said this to Eraldamo, uh the elves spread out from Aldneris to grow their own towers in reverence to uh, the uh, the Dreni Tower or Adamantine Tower, which is in Hyroth. And uh, so the Aeliads made the White Gold Tower, and the Bosmer uh, made the Green Sap Tower, which actually was not a typical tower. They grew it out of something called the Perchance Acorn which it became a the first grad oak, but because the acorn was perchance somewhere else, it also grew everywhere. That's the exact words the book uses. <laughs> so all the grad, grad oaks are technically par the individual green sap towers, but also not, because they might not be, because that's how it works. with Schrodinger's acorn. acorn? Yeah. Yes. So the Boichi were changed when they grew the tower to become, perchance, something else and became the Bosmer. <laughs> that's so funny. But that doesn't, that's probably less agreed upon amongst the Bosmer. Yeah, that's that story. not super agreed upon upon by, by anybody. Bosmer. That's what Enumeral says, who came in the first era trying to turn the Elden Root into a whole other tower entirely. Oh, and fun. he did fail, so we don't know how accurate he was. Yeah. In either story, and in the Khajiit story as well, the Wood Elves are super tied to the green. They're super yeah. tied to this nature yeah. essence that exists in Valenwood. So since the Wood Elves don't care as much about the actual story and instead care about the power of the story, there could be merit to enumerals. They just don't care about those details. Yeah, like it doesn't... It doesn't negate a lot of the things that are originally in there. It's kind of like a supplementary story, but it doesn't yeah. seem... Yeah. Interesting. But I think, yep. actually, that probably leads us into a good spot where we're talking about the green and the green pact being such a big part of their culture. So who wants to take a stab at explaining the green pact? I mean, I could go first and then Jack can fill in details that he's recorded Perfect. over years of study. <laughs> so the biggest thing, the green pact is this pact with the forest, with Yifri, Yifri, Jeffer, whatever. <laughs> Jeffrey? Um, basically, yeah, let's just call them Jeffrey. Yeah. Jeffrey. I think Jeffrey, yeah, that is one of the spellings or one of the pantheons. It's this pact to not harm the forest. Yep. The forest will take care of you. And then some extra behaviors that go along with that. So the, ex the specifics seem to change over time and from elf to elf and depending on where they are. But in general, it means they don't harm or consume any plant material. Yes. Now, in some eras, maybe they'll consume stuff that fell naturally, but not they can't pluck anything. Other times, they're not allowed to use any plant matter at all. Other times, they can't use any plant matter from Valenwood, but they can import stuff. But there's some sort of mandate against using plants, especially from Valenwood. And then the big extra thing is called the meat mandate. They're supposed to only eat meat. They're not supposed to consume any plant matter again. And then there's the extra detail of if they slay someone in battle, they're not supposed to let the corpse rot. They're supposed to consume it, which is why 
at least at different points in time, wood elves have been cannibals. If they go to war, they go to war after fasting for a few days so that they can properly eat the bodies when they're done. Yum. I think this is related to the ooze story. Pipe up if I'm wrong. But there was a story of a bunch of wood elves who poisoned themselves because they were going to lose a battle. And so when the people beat them, they ate the poisoned bodies and they also died. Yeah, so... Yeah, interestingly, the pers- the poisoned party got trapped in the ooze because their commander uh, did something that I don't think was specified. <laughs> so it was just unrelated to the poisoning, but their commander got trapped in the ooze. And that actually reminds me that there is a second way to release somebody from the ooze. What's that? So you can also so there is something in the Bosmer uh, society known as the right of theft. Where, at, where if you steal something from a Bosmer, you ha- they have to honor something that you tell them to do. Like, you, you can force them to do something in exchange for the return of it. And this is honored even in death. So if you steal something from someone who is trapped in the ooze, you can command them to leave the ooze, and they will. Interesting. Yeah, that, what? that is what happens in that quest, quest line, yeah. Okay. Yeah, you can... If you just steal something from them and find them, you can command them to leave the ooze and just rest. So people whose houses, people who die in their houses in a fire are out of luck. Yeah, pretty much. Because <laughs> they don't have any processions to steal anymore. That'd be yeah. unfortunate. But they may not be in the ooze then, if they just died in a fire. Well, they might have done something they bad They might have done something that. bad, yes. So those people. Interesting. Um... So some of the extra details there are like, do not kill wastefully, which luckily is something that they need to do anyway if they have to eat everything that they kill. But they need to basically be caretakers of the forest, not just wantonly doing stuff for their own sake. And then they're not supposed to shapeshift. So they completely oppose lycanthropy and other forms of shapeshifting, like changelings, sort of, Selene, I don't know what the deal is there. But in general, they hate shapeshifting because a static shape was the gift of Ifri in the naming. This special gift of making everything have its own set shape is a blessing from their god, essentially, so they don't believe in shapeshifting. So that's the big stuff about the mandate, or the green pact itself. Um, what about the stuff with kidnapping? Is that part of the green pact or just part of society? I don't know if they're... What is the part with kidnapping? So one detail I remember is that if they lose someone, if a, a part, if a f- clan member dies or something like that, they can go and kidnap a clan member from some other group, and then they'll keep them there for a little while, and eventually that person becomes inducted into their clan instead. And then this is just like a normal part of society. The person that gets kidnapped is fine with it, ultimately. Like, okay, yeah, you're my family now. Yeah, that is part that is part of their society, but I don't think that's part of the green pact. It's okay. just something that happens <laughs> in the clan structure. Yeah, they just get kidnapped sometimes. It's fine. It happens. It's so funny. Like some of the like stepping out of the lore, coming up with some of these like details of their society must have just been a riot. <laughs> like just yeah. like you know what? Let's just have them get kidnapped every once in a while. Like who thought this? This is amazing. <laughs> So a byproduct of the the pact and the meat mandate in particular, which I want to talk about 
later in the interesting tidbits section. But because they don't have any plant stuff, when it comes to both their diet and especially to alcohol, things get very weird. Things get and very, it's an in- very weird. It's an in-universe joke that you should be very careful of the smells that come around when wood elves are eating because basically they flatulate a lot because it's a very high meat diet. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting. And like I feel like it's something I, I'm really happy we have ESO that actually like touched on this society and how things work there too. Because when you hear about all this stuff from like the other games, like from the numbered Elder Scrolls games, like it just sounds so foreign and bizarre, but they've actually done a really good job in ESO making it seem like it's just, yeah, it's a culture and that's just part of what their religion dictates. Like it's, it doesn't seem like this like foreign entity that's like, wait, they're cannibals? That makes no sense at all. I like that in each basically lore description of stuff that we hear, stuff sounds extremely wild. Yeah. When we get to see it, it's usually not as wild as they suggested. And yet it really does have a lot of those elements and they make it believable. Oftentimes. Yeah, it's not that it's untrue what we believe about them. It's just that it's, it's been tale. blown out of proportion. Exactly. Which I think that always makes it feel very lived in. That makes it always feel like a very cool world when we get to visit yeah. and see the truth of some of those stories. Yeah. 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 Like we talked about that in with uh, Somerset with the buildings made of poetry and things like that. I just had something fall off my wall and it terrified me. One of those sound panels. No, but it just made a noise and it was like, ah, there's something in my room. Anyways, moving on. I feel like the Bosmer, though, are like probably the closest closest it comes to just being exactly how they were described. Because there is some yeah, there is some wild stuff they do. Yeah, you're right. The Bosmer do fit probably the closest. Yeah, makes sense. Um, so while we're talking about the Green Pact, so they're, I know from the quest lines, uh, they have, they're kind of a religious leaders are the Sylvanar and the Green Lady. Uh, Jack, do you want to kind of go over a little bit of a, who they are and what their kind of purpose is in Bosmer society? Uh, yeah, so uh, the Green Lady and Sylvanar uh, represent the physical and spiritual sides of the Bosmer people, respectively. Uh, the Green Lady represents all their strength, uh, their speed. Uh, their stamina, every like, she is the peak of Bosmer, basically. Like, <laughs> she's awesome. Uh, yeah, yeah, she's in she's ESO, awesome. That's have, the way to yeah. describe it. In ESO, she swim. We see a green lady swim to Pianania in like an hour and slaughter dozens of Maormer before she died of just exhaustion because the Sylvanar died. Well, and, which we yeah, don't okay. see it right, but she tells us it's going it, to happen. We that. hear about it. And we know she does. Yeah, because so the thing about th- that is, Sylvanar and Green Lady always die at the same time. So if a Sylvanar dies, the Green Lady has to die soon, regardless of like if she's killed or not. Yeah, which is but kind all- of tragic, yeah. but yeah. And then the Sylvanar represents the spiritual side and is like a connection to the Green itself. So the Sylvanar can be like just represents the current state of the wood elf people so they change their health their gender their temperament anything about a sylvanar depends on what the current state of Bos- bosmer society is at the moment so like if there's uh, a majority gender the sylvanar will represent that if there's a majority of uh like uh 
very hardline uh, green packed following Bosmer. The Sylvan Arbor will like also be very hardline. Uh, you have to uphold the green pact, and if like the majority of Bosmer are like being more lax with it at the moment, the Sylvanar will also represent that. So it's like the ultimate representation of the popular vote. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's it's this is the way it is. So, uh, so when a Sylvanar dies, they're actually kind of reincarnated as another person, but also like not full reincarnation since the other person's like been alive for a while. It's like the essence transfers yeah. over to them. The and mantle gets passed, yeah. even though mantle, I know mantling yeah. is being co-opted to mean something else in Elder yeah. Scrolls. This is yeah. literally a case of the mantle is being passed. Yeah. But they also do share like the same overall spirit. Like and the same is true of the Green Lady. Like they all are technically sort of the same like person telling the same story over and over again. Even though they are different people. Yeah. And in the ESO, you go through actually the full story of them and then dying and then them being. Yeah, and you also get to see a spinner uh, tell the story of the Bosmer people and the Sylvanar and the Green Lady. Yeah, which was awesome. Also trying to, and also trying to change that story. <laughs> yeah. So you can very early on, it's on Canarthi's Roost, which is the Aldmeri Dominion starter island, where you meet and have that full story of the first. Well, not the first. The first one that you encounter, um, Sylvanar dying, and you beat the Green Lady, and she is absolutely vicious in trying to hunt down who did it. And then she's like, okay, I'm going to die soon. I'm going to swim to the people that did this and slaughter as many as I can before I'm gone. Yeah, and then, and then she comes back, <laughs> I think, and tells you about it, right? Yeah, then she Yeah, then she comes back like a few zones later and says, yeah, I killed a whole bunch of them. It yeah. was very Or fun. her spirit comes back. It might not have been. Yeah, yeah it's her spirit. No, yeah, it was her spirit, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that in the chat. Yeah, her spirit comes back and is like, yeah, I, I wrecked that. So <laughs> good job, everybody. Um, and I remember, so I'm trying to remember too, but they're not generally seen, the Sylvanar, the Green Ladies, as the actual like kings and queens of the Bosmer. There's like the Cameron dynasty, if I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah, they're more they're more so just representations yeah. of the Bosmer and the, and the forest itself. Like the Sylvanar represents the forest and the... The Green Lady represents like the Bosmer, yeah, and their marriage represents the union between the two. Yeah, so that's more of a cultural, yeah, religious leadership, more less than political. It's like poetry; it rhymes. Yeah, <laughs> exactly like poetry. Um, and then the last, what's the the dance in the fire? This is one of uh, lore books that we can see. You say you made a note of that one. Do you want to go over that a little bit? Sure. So I mentioned that briefly there then also brought up again interesting tidbits but jack was mentioning that the features of the sylvanar change based on the state of the people the attitude of the sylvanar changes based on the attitude of the people in a book called a dance in fire our main character meets the sylvanar and the sylvanar is pretty short and then when he talks to someone else who had previously met with the sylvanar he mentions the height. He's like, oh, he must have shrunk since last time we met with him. Because he, his size just apparently notably changed between these two characters. You know, staring one guy in the eye versus being only up to his belly or something like that. Also just throwing ammo on that fire. I, I imagine we'll talk a little bit more about it. But the, A Dance of Fire is a very interesting lore book. I, thought, I find yes. it very fun to read that one. 
Um, okay, well, so since we are talking about the the culture of them and the religion, what is it that they actually kind of worship? Because we know in all of the, there's the, the pantheon of deities and things like that. So who do the Bosmer really look to? And I turn to Jack because okay. Ifri and the two we just talked about are the main details I remember and understand. Yeah, so the Bosmer have a lot of similar like similarities to the Altmeri pantheon. They worship Ifri, Ariel, Xerxes, all those guys. But the difference is uh, they mostly focus on Ifri worship as opposed to Ariel worship. They uh, while they acknowledge Ariel as a deity and do occasionally revere him. They find Yifri way more important since uh, they represent the now as opposed to the past or future, which is Ariel. That makes sense. And there's also, interestingly, Hermaeus Mora is on their pantheon too, as the woodland man, just like the the Edmorans have them. Which I had, like, until I saw that in the notes, I had never heard of that, which is super interesting. Where did that come from? I feel like it came from like some i think that's been in the lore since morrowind interesting yeah but you also do see their cult in eso too briefly or at least a cult for him which does have prominence in uh Valenwood, but not to a huge degree yeah okay he's mostly thought of as a trickster spirit like bandar okay and yeah that's interesting. Then there's also, there was a lot of Zen worship until, like, the second era when it began to die off. And Zen is basically, like, an Akaviri god who just, like, kind of carried over into Tamriel. Or, not Akaviri, Kothringi. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. He, interesting. They're a Kothringi god who got transferred over to the uh, Argonians and the Bosmer. That's interesting okay. that it would get yeah. there. And also eventually became, uh, an af- it also is kind of the precursor to Zenithar in the Imperial Pantheon. He's kind of similar, but he's the god of toil and sacrifice. Something uh, I'm sure Bosmer love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can understand why it went extinct. Yeah, and uh, he also has some very strong similarities to uh, Moloch the orcish uh, god who also has the, nearly the same sphere interesting and even interestingly in eso they have the exact same uh symbol uh so if you go to the shrine of zen it is a shrine to mal it is a malakath shrine like it has the malakath banner it has the malakath axe oh interesting uh, it, but it is a shrine to zen and an emissary of zen speaks to you from it how do the woodland orcs relate? Which I know is slightly off topic, but are they connected? Yeah, the, the woodland orcs actually, well, they don't acknowledge Zen, but they do. They do acknowledge Moloch. Okay. And they believed that that shrine was always Moloch's. Oh. So they, so they kind of like were partially responsible for wiping out Zen worship in uh, Valenwood because they believed that it that it was intruding on Moloch, kind of. Man. Orcs be fighting off any alternate version of Moloch anytime they can. <laughs> they do that frequently. All right. So and these last three here, what's up with that? Okay, so the most important thing that the uh, in Bosmeri religion is the green, which is basically 
spirit of the forest, like just of the Valen Wood and just the forest as a whole. And while they don't really communicate with the green directly, they often communicate through emissaries of the green. So one of the biggest ones that you encounter in ESO is the Wilder King, who is a mortal who became part of the green and like basically ascended to godhood. Sweet. And they control uh, the area of green shade and tame the green there into forms that the uh, Bosmer can use and also just shifts the terrain to prevent uh, intruders from entering. Then there's uh, another one that is uh, the eldest, also in green shade. They are supposedly the oldest strangler ever and were one of the first things you have recreated. But why would he create strangers? I know, I was going to say the exact same thing. I was like, why make that? If I'm building, I guess if you don't know what you're doing and you're like, I don't know, I'm just going to mix all this stuff together. <laughs> yeah, a strangler like, is kind of what I would imagine like my toddler would come up with yeah, and like, figure out what would. Yifri made everything. They had to have a few like uh, false starts before they got to the good stuff like deer. And that's where a strangler is. <laughs> strangler is just like a primordial deer where we're like, oh, this didn't work out at all. Well, we but can't... he got a place high up on the shelf because he came first. Yeah. But also... Like your kid's crayon drawings on the fridge. Since they can't like kill anything from the forest, he made this like abomination that's a strangler. He's like, well, Deal frick, guys, I guess this is here now. I uh, can't erase nope. it, so... <laughs> Here you go. Uh, yeah, just have a bunch of them, actually. Yeah. Just enjoy the stranglers. <laughs> is the eldest yeah. hostile or friendly no, the to the Bosmer? Actually, so interestingly, the eldest is responsible for the Sylvanar and Green Lady, according to some of the Bosmeri myths. Ooh, it's that. So, yeah, they're the first one else to care for the eldest, if yeah. I remember correctly. So the the first Sylvanar and Green Lady were a couple who wanted to have a child but could not. They found the eldest and cared for it, and in return, they became like em they became emissaries for the green themselves, and became like this immortal story that kept being told over and over again because of the in because of their impact on the eldest. So one, botany is the same thing as childcare. Yeah. <laughs> for two, in the world of Tamriel, that sounds, it is. That sounds just like for me. That sounds just like the story of Omashu. <laughs> in Last Airbender. Two lovers that get together and now they form earthbending. These two lovers got together and because of the power of nature now they are the Bosmer people in essence. I don't yeah. know. Works it, out. it stood out to me. Then also, interestingly, the we did actually kind of kill the eldest in ESO. Oops. Yeah. So uh, they were alive since the start of time but we kind of put an end to that real quick once they got corrupted by uh, the dark uh, the dark version of Valenwood that kind of possessed uh, Naemon. It's like a whole other thing that happened. I, I need to finish the AD yeah. storyline. I'm, I'm trying to remember that one. Cause I'm pretty sure I finished that storyline. I'm trying to yeah, remember so it now. I'm just going to, since this isn't like wholly related to the topic, I'm just going to like do a brief synopsis. Uh, Naemon's, Naemon died with his own prior. They tried to resurrect him using the Staff of Magnus, yeah. but he got, like, kind of... He got possessed by something else when he was resurrected, and it was, like, the darkness within Valenwood that wants to, like, just break through and become the Valenwood. Interesting. So, Dark Link. Yeah, yeah, basically. And then he corrupted the Eldest's heart, and uh, you and Indanir, the next Sylvanar, had to kill the Eldest. 
Well, that's too bad. Yeah, but then you like you plant a new eldest, which I guess isn't the eldest anymore. It would be it the youngest. Be. I hope for, they for call at least the a little bit. It's the youngest. And then the last one, the last emissary of the green is Brackenleaf, who is just like this very chill uh, Deku tree thing in Great Grotwood. I need to. And that's I need to meet him desperately. Is. He's just a very chill dude with his own like army of mercenaries who kills everything. Don't worry about it. <laughs> All right, Deku yeah. Tree Army, I'm down with. Um, I'm trying to remember the. It's been a while since I've done the Green Shade quest line, but at the end of that, don't we get a Wilder Queen who is the? Oh yeah. So yeah. So the well in Green Shade there was the original well Wilder King who was basically an Altmer from Somerset who came to Villain with hoping to colonize it. But the green instead uh, changed them into the Wilder King. Yeah. And they kind of just like became like an emissary of the green for like a few thousand years. Then in ESO, uh, they die because we uh, someone else kills them, basically. And it's probably our fault anyways, else. but whatever. Yeah. Then there was another Altmer who was also attuned to the green, who ascended to become the Wilder Queen to replace him in yeah. uh, Green Shade City. Yeah, that was a really cool storyline. So a lot of key spiritual figures die right around the vestige, either yeah. directly because of or in yeah. vicinity to. That's rough. Kind of. So vestige comes through. New Sylvanar, new Green Lady, new Wilder, yeah. e Wilder Queen. New eldest who is no longer new eldest. eldest. Who's now the youngest. Uh, Brackenleaf, does Brackenleaf live? Uh, Brackenleaf's fine, yeah. yeah no, okay. He just gets chill. He just gets chill. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that does kind of lead us into kind of some of our, I, I just kind of want to go, it's like, what are kind of some of people's favorite lore about the Bosmer? Uh, my favorite is more of like a Valenwood lore, is the Fallenesti, which I think are the coolest things ever, and I'm really, 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 really hoping we eventually get a chapter in ESO based around them. But essentially, it's this migrating tree city that seems to move, depending on the season, to different parts of Valenwood until the three banners war started and then it just noped out and yeah, it's just gone it it just left it's not on the plane anymore it's just gone nobody seems to know except for apparently the imga know where it is because they apparently yeah. left with it well according to Sirentil, who is the worst author of all time <laughs> fair but we don't know where they are either so it kind of yeah, makes sense true, yeah. Um, I think that's really cool. Like the, I would love to have seen like the walking trees, and I think I understand why. Again, from a meta point of view, they're not in the base game because that just sounds like a, just a development nightmare trying to design moving tree cities. Oh, Whereas yeah, as sure. a chapter, that actually works really well because you can say like during this set amount of time, it's here. So I'm really hoping we see that at a later time. But how about you guys? What are some of your favorite tidbits? Well, of to build on Falinesti. There's talk of these, you no know, tree cities and this, excuse me, the city is completely up in the branches. So you have to go on these big elevators essentially to get up to the branches. You've got to watch your step wherever you're walking. Sometimes there's nets, like especially next to taverns so that, you know, drunk people don't just fall to their deaths, but they can actually fall into a net and sleep it off there. Just huge branches that can house an entire city. You never really see tree cities like that in games because that's probably really hard to portray. And that's too bad because I would yeah. like to see that. It'd be super fun. 
I think Guild Wars has a tree city, does it not? Yeah, it doesn't entirely feel like it, I suppose, but the Pale Tree is yeah. a city of its own. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got lots of, there's lots of wood everywhere, but it just feels like you're walking on multiple floors of a building. Yeah, and also, like, you have the flower elevators that kind of just, like... I love those, though. Yeah. Those are fantastic. They just have the fluff of a dandelion seed, and it just flies you up to the next Somehow. level. That's that. Sorry, that's Guild Wars, not Elder Scrolls, yeah. though. Um, sorry, yeah. And to answer Kate's question in chat, I'm looking at, I believe, oh, it was two centuries before the Three Banners War. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah. Not just before. Yeah, um, the, so, yeah, actually, the Imga didn't disappear with it. They disappeared like 200 years after Thalanasti disappeared. Yeah. So we do know huh. it was a little bit before, but I remember reading something about it being related to the Three Banners War, but it yeah, could have also... Yeah, the Imga left because of the It was the Imga, that's what it was. Thalanasti okay. left because... Because they knew it was coming. We'll say they that. decided to walk a different direction. Yeah, they just like walked into the ocean because they got like a little confused. It's fine. <laughs> they can do salt water. It'll be back. It comes back by the third era. Yeah, which is really interesting. So a thing that I mentioned earlier is their diet completely based around not plants. They had to do really interesting things to get alcohols. And there are several different ones that they mention, but... The key ones that stand out to me first are is Jaga. I presume that's the pronunciation. J-A-G-G-A. It's fermented pig's milk. Yum. And you can read a book talking about how they brew. I don't know what the right term is. How they concoct that. And it's this very involved process with lots of stirring, lots of setting aside. It takes a long time for it to make, but just fermented pig's milk. And that's what they get drunk off of. I'll... Just like as a funny aside, like I love the fact that they're like, well, we need alcohol. Like <laughs> we're, we're, we don't have plans, but we still need alcohol. So they just went to like extreme lengths to find a way to get drunk. Like that was so important that they were able to still get drunk, that they fermented pig's milk. And I imagine you're going to talk about the other one. Yeah. So I remembered this one and I just linked it in chat. It's called Dark Meat Beer. And... It's absolutely fascinating imagining the horror of what they do with this thing. So first, I mean, I don't know where to go first. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But to make the alcohol, they take alfique gut. So they take the gut from sentient Khajiit. They take a bunch of those and string those up. And then they put meat around those, and that meat has to rot off of the gut and fall into the brew. I hope nobody's they, eating right now while they're watching this or listening they have, to this. They have special bugs, which I assume are like dragonflies or something, but they're called crosswings. You have to get crosswings to die and fall into it, but you can't just kill them because they have a bitterness if they die afraid. So you need them to <laughs> die calm. And then they have a lot like that takes months and months for them to do all of that. And then they have special enchantments to, you know, draw in the cross wings, but keep out other bugs. They have to encourage certain molds while decay present preventing other molds from growing and all of this. Then it ages in a cask for like nine years or more to get this drink. It's the most horrific sounding thing perhaps ever. And this is just one of their fancy drinks. 
there's other stories about other of their drinks that they do. There's like someone where some Imga st- steal this big keg of drink that the Bosmer want, but the Imga hate it, but they're keeping it anyway because that's how the right of theft works. <laughs> I don't I would never drink anything my entire time in Valenwood. No. Can you drink? At all. Can, does a green pack forbid water? No, no. If they if it forbid water, they'd all be dead. I would have thought, unless they had some alternative that they figured out. There's a lot of milk. It's like uh, uh, Fast and the Furious, where they ran out of water, so they just had milk. (laughs) Milk's not meat either. I wonder why that one got in there. I mean, it comes from animals. It's it's not plant, so it's fine. Yeah. If that's what meat means, it comes from animals, so eggs count too. Yeah, meat's not plant. It's fine. Yeah. I don't remember if they're completely insect-based alcohols or not. I think they do eat insects, though, too. There like is being... an insect-based one. I can't remember the name of it. But I'm it's, fairly it's sure horrifying. there is one. My favorite Absolutely thing about horrifying. their alcohol is that because like they make it all out of meat, they have to refrigerate it. And since like it's kind of hard to refrigerate in Valenwood, the solution a lot of people came up with was just, why don't we summon a Daedra to cool it? Problem <laughs> solved. <laughs> I love problem solving in Tamriel. Like, some of the stuff that you... And, like, I guess it makes sense. Like, but you run across people doing some crazy stuff, and you're like, I, I guess if you needed a way how to... How would that... Listen, explain to me how that would ever backfire. Yeah. Ever. There's no problem. It's just an Ice Atronach, and we're good. I mean, those are one of some of the easier ones to control. It's probably fine. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's not a Dremora. It's, it's not going to break free. It's not going long ever. Yeah, definitely doesn't break free. Rotmeth. I forget about... I remember the term rot meth. I'm going to look it up really quick. Kolo? Uh, Katelo? I don't know how you want to pronounce that. Rot meth. Yeah, rot meth is a good one. I don't have it listed. I forget. Oh, no. Oh, wait. Let's see. Also comes from tea made from leaves, scoffed the first diplomat. Not in Valenwood. This is rot meth. It's uh, gamey, bitter, and sugared, and very salty. At first, it was disagreeable, but a moment later, he drained his entire mug and was pouring another. <laughs> Does it say the Did ingredients? Bosmer not know meat exists? I don't. I don't know if they know that meat exists. Yeah, that that's would have been an bad. easy one. Yeah, that's Though that's technically, isn't mead be- made from pollen? Then, I, I mean. I it's guess. indirect at that yeah. point. Is you're it, grabbing okay. it from an you're insect directly. Yeah. Like, they're allowed to eat herbivores. Yeah, true. So at some point, the cycle is broken. It's fine. That is true, yeah. How about you, Jack? Any favorite tidbits before we move on? Uh, Well, I, I, I want to talk about spinners, but I feel like that would just, like, go a little too long. There's a lot <laughs> to I talk about. If I started talking about, yeah. Like, I'm... I, I'm just going to say my favorite thing about spinners, which is they can uh, alter kind of the past of individuals, but also if they come in, come together in a group, they can actually alter the past of Valenwood itself, like the actual past, which is just completely wild and also makes no sense, but they can still do it. Because yeah. they say they can. Which is crazy, because that goes into like similar of the... Like the... Dunmer stories with Vivek and altering reality as well when he got the heart of Loki. Like, what's real anymore? Hey, listen, 
if they say they can, then they can. Yeah. It's, they believe they, they in can't, it. Listen, a spinner can't lie. They just say something, and then it's true. Oh, man. That's a useful ability. <laughs> Very useful and terrifying. Yeah, don't get on the wrong side. Awesome. Well, I think that's... Oh, go ahead, Lost. Well, one more. So... I mentioned the book earlier. I just linked it. A Dance in Fire is an absolutely fantastic yes. read, and I highly recommend it. So it's a partly fictionalized, but at least mostly based on true events type of story. Maybe. Who knows which details might be exaggerated. But it's this Imperial adventuring into Valenwood because he needs to get some building contracts. And he just has the absolute worst time. <laughs> and he encounters so many aspects of Valenwood life. He encounters the moving trees. He encounters all of the terrible alcohols. He encounters eating a Khajiit because it got killed and the hunting party that saved him was eating it. So he ate it. And apparently Khajiit are always sweet, even if you don't have any seasoning on them because the they eat sugar? so much sugar. It's like eating sugared ham. <laughs> the story also talks about the wild hunt. So I don't think we actually talked about that at all tonight. The wild hunt is some really special terrible thing ritual that a village of bosmer can go through they all transform back into the shapelessness sort of thing that they were back before the naming and then they become just this absolute avalanche of horrible abominable monstrosities that can just rip through anything including each other and they tell the story of that happening it's Pretty awe-inspiring for just words in a video game, but it's a really cool book. Yeah. It's also where you get the interesting portrayal of the Sylvanar, and it's got a twist ending, which is disturbing. Uh, read A Dance in Fire, and then I'll come back for the sequel several sessions from now when we get to Argonians. <laughs> oh, can I just like say one thing about the Wild Hunt quickly? Yes. I, just, I also just realized we didn't talk about it at all, and it's It's really very crazy. important, yeah. Yeah. So the thing about the wild hunt is once they transform, they cannot transform back. They're just stuck. Like That's... any Bosmer who was caught in it, they're just stuck in that form forever. And also, it can like it can span the entire continent if the Sylvanar is the one to declare a wild hunt. Like oh. If the Sylvanar and the Green Lady declare the wild hunt, all hell breaks loose, all of Valenwood will change, and it, they just like go absolutely crazy. Has that happened think, in lore? I think uh, that they happened, unleashed one. We, we haven't actually seen it, but we saw a potential future where that happened. Gotcha. Oh. Yeah, I so remember I, reading I, about yeah. that, but I thought it was in one of the quest lines. So there was a king of maybe Skyrim, I think, who was killed by a wild hunt, which I presume was the Bosmer type where yeah. some some amount changed in order to go slay this king, and then it hadn't been seen centuries at that point i believe until it happened in the book a dance and fire king borgus scorm says in king chat. borgus yep yes also i just realized we didn't really talk much about the camoran dynasty either no i just mentioned it briefly but the camoran dynasty is a whole other well why don't you do a quick mention they're of the... barely bosmer they're basically altmer yeah. right yeah yeah they're basically like altmer as bosmer trying to impose order on the clans yeah yeah so that was actually the start of the first era, right? A Cameron yeah. is what started the first calendar system, basically. Yeah. Uh, I think it was. It, I always forget how to pronounce his name. Uh, not, not Haman. 
that's someone later, right? Yeah, no, name Naaman's an Altmer, yeah. Then we have the first era. Then we have the King Eplier. Yeah. Yeah, Eplier was the first Morin king, and then uh that lasted for a little while, but like the clans have always like been like a little more splintered even during Camorin rule. Yeah. And not all of them would it like like acknowledging it, and by the third era it just all falls apart and the Camorans are done. Though sort of the final one is the Cameron usurper, who has oh, yeah. a big old thing with leading an army north and finally being stopped in High Rock. And then that ties into the main plot of Oblivion, because Mankar Cameron is supposedly his son. And I think we end the line pretty definitively at that point. <laughs> we also kill his sons his children too yeah we kill him yeah. and his children i think i think we got them all we hopefully got them all yeah so they don't come back and annoy us later mancar kamorin too oh man electric boogaloo yeah he never died Ooh. which actually wouldn't be surprising considering maker comes secrets only yeah. the sith now <laughs> Awesome. Well, you know what? I think we've covered a good chunk of the Bosmer lore, and I think everybody's learned a little bit. Thank you, Jack, for joining us to share some of your knowledge with us tonight, and Lost as well. Yeah. Appreciate having you guys on the show. It's um, fine. As a reminder, anybody who wants to learn more about Bosmer lore, best place to go is uesp.net. Do a search, just search Bosmer there, and just dive right into that rabbit hole and never come out again, because there's so much in there. It's really really fun i got super lost for like a day while we were researching the podcast it was great um and then food poisoning and then food poisoning yeah so yeah. because i was doing so much research of the bosmer i was just like reading all of the stuff that they eat and i was like okay i guess i'm done he read about rot meth Very he read about actor. dead meat or i already forgot what the name is dead meat brew i don't know Beer. it just reminded me Dark. of a lot of like the it's so the icelandic i can't remember how you actually say it but they're fermented shark gefilte fish gefilte fish that's it Ugh. Well, now that I'm sufficiently grossed out, I want to thank everybody for joining us tonight on behalf of myself, Lost in Hyrule, and Jack. We hope you guys had a fantastic night, maybe learned a little bit, and we will talk to you guys again in the future. Have some fantastic adventures in Nern, and goodbye for now. Don't let the horrors bite. <laughs> <laughs>